Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, Lydia. Such good information. I would really encourage you guys to think, consider, pray about what God is doing over in Kenya and how you might join him and what he is doing over there. Hey, so here we are, final, final week of Acts, the big, the big finale. So I want you to think of Acts kind of like if you think back to high school and you know when you would fill out people's yearbooks and stuff, you'd be like, hey, we'll hang out over the summer. Um, and like maybe you saw that person once and then you graduated and never saw them again. Like Acts isn't going to be like that for us. Acts is like the foundation of the entire New Testament. So while our focus time in Acts is ending, we're going to continue to come in and out of Acts as we go along. So don't worry about it. You're not going to miss all your friends from the book of Acts. We started this series with this thought. When God's people submit to the work of his Holy Spirit, barriers are broken and people are drawn to Jesus. And over the course of the year, we finished up with this idea. The story of the church is still being written. It's still being written in you, still being written in me, and in places like Crossroads all around the world. And more and more, we want to be a part of that story. We want to be a part of people coming to know and grow in Jesus in a way that draws others to him. We want to be those ordinary people through whom the Holy Spirit of God does extraordinary things when we submit to his will. And uh, I took a, a course in the book of Acts, and there's a great quote from that course that I've, I kind of wanted to use to structure this final message. And uh, I'll read the quote to you, put it up here on the screen. We don't have to be high-powered, lots of money, sophisticated organization to spread the gospel of Jesus. We have to be humble, prayerful, wise, loving, serving Christians. That's from N.T. Wright. So if we're going to learn anything from Acts, this is what it is, what we should be learning. We don't have to be a high-powered, lots-of-money, sophisticated organization. What we have to be is humble, prayerful, wise, loving, serving Christians. So let's explore that a little bit. Let's, actually, we're going to start at the end, and we're going to work our way backwards. So it's Christians, right? It's all about Jesus. We want to put Jesus at the center of our lives as an individual, as individuals, and as a community. Throughout my notes, I'll put little references, and those were the chapters in which we kind of really um, drilled down on these specific topics throughout the, throughout the series. Um, as, as Christians, it literally means follower of Christ, right? We want to have Jesus in the center of our lives, that Jesus would be the central organizing, most attached relationship that we have, and that we want that relationship to be such that if our connection with him were severed, that we would not be able to continue. That's actually what scripture says, is that apart from him, we can do nothing. We would wither up and die. So we want to do everything we can to, um, to grow in our knowledge and experience of Jesus. And the second part of that plays into it is we want to help each other. It says Christians. It doesn't say Christian. It's plural. The book of Acts, especially the first part, is all about the new community of Jesus being formed. We cannot live the life of faith in Jesus on our own. It is impossible. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to support each other. We need to challenge each other. You know, there are... There are some of us 
who are coming out of this pandemic, well, we're not coming out of this pandemic. We've been so isolated and it's led to, to, to people being depressed and anxious and nervous about re-engaging, whether it's for health reasons or social reasons or just all of that, the level of anxiety. Guys, I said this earlier, right? You're needed here at Crossroads. You're wanted here at Crossroads. This community is not the same if you are not here. So everybody's going to be ready to re-engage in their own timing. But let me encourage you to re-engage, whatever that looks like, whatever steps, if they're big, giant leaps and you're ready to hug right away, or if you're like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go 6 to 12 feet for a while and we're gathering. That's totally fine, however you want to re-engage. But you're needed here. You're wanted here. Please accept this invitation to be part of what Jesus is about to do in and through us as we move through the summer and into the fall. And um, I, the last kind of sub-point up there under Christians is baptism. And that's just uh, actually the word baptized. Baptized appears 17 times in Acts. Other forms of the word are thrown, are thrown in there. But this is, this is super important because, um, well, let's look at the definition first. Baptism is a symbolic act that allows one to be viewed as having participated in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus by both God and his family. That's God's family. So um, we're going to go back, get back to that slide. There we go. Baptism, we identify with Jesus. We identify him in celebration. We identify with him in, in suffering in a way that um, positively points other people to him, and at the same time, uh, it brings us into this new family, a family from all different backgrounds, all different classes, people from men and women from all over, from every different experience with, with lots of baggage, with no baggage. It brings us all together into this family, and it's a, it's a hugely important event. It's symbolic. Nothing magic happens, but it's very important in the life of the believer to kind of go through this rite of passage, this mark that says, I'm with Jesus and I'm with his family. And I want to extend to you the invitation right now that at any point over the summer, if you are at a point where you feel like you believe in the things that Jesus said and did and you want to follow him and you want to make a public declaration of faith, let me know. And at any one of our gatherings over the summer, we'll celebrate with you and we'll do that baptism. All right. So the next part of that phrase, working our way backwards, was loving and serving. And we talked a lot about this idea of self-sacrificing. That's how Jesus demonstrated love. That's how Paul demonstrated love. We think about Jesus and Paul, and um, they were willing to lay down their lives for their friends. Not just their friends, but their enemies as well. And that's the call upon us if we want to learn from Acts, if we want to be like the church in Acts, that's how we need to offer love to others in that self-sacrificing way. And the going and doing part, like this is kind of, some people call Acts 1-8, like if there was one verse that would be a theme verse, that would be it, that go into Judea, Samaria, to the, to the ends of the earth and make disciples and be witnesses to everything that you've seen me do, right? So, that's, um, we want to be 
about that. We want to be about going and doing. And the, the going and the doing is, um, we want to be the first ones to show up when people are hurting, when people are in need. We want to show up with the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, and we want to show up practically with the work of our hands, with the shoulder to, to lean on. We bring both of those things together. right? We talked about how our words and our actions in alignment are both necessary if we're going to serve others, if we're going to share Jesus in the way um, that the early church did. So we go and we do. We go to the least of these. We go to those who might be, have been left behind. We go to people who, um, who might disagree with us or even would do us harm. Self-sacrificing, going and doing. That's what the loving and serving of the early church looked like. That's what we want it to look like here at Crossroads. Prayerful and wise. I want to read to you um, Acts 2.42, and it uses this term devotion, right? Let's, let's look and see what they were devoted to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They were devoted to, to praying, and they were devoted to studying their Bibles. They were devoted to sitting under the teaching of the apostles and trying to get a better understanding, gain knowledge, grow in knowledge of of Jesus. So um, that's prayerfully, right? That means speaking as well as listening. That means slowing down, not just giving out a laundry list of your needs and wants. It means talking to him, telling him how you feel about him. And it means slowing down long enough to be still and be quiet so we can hear what he has to say. Speak and listen. And then um, they were the whole book of Acts is devoted to Scripture, right? The, the disciples themselves, the apostles, the early church were devoted to teaching. But what is really significant about the book of Acts is it drives home for us the importance of both the Old and the New Testament. Throughout Acts, we see Peter and Paul and Stephen and Philip connecting the dots. Moses, prophets, Jesus, early church, this is us. Right? Moses, prophets, Jesus, early church, this is us. Hugely important that we not lose sight that our Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, it is all God-breathed and it's all equally important. And we need to be humble. Peter's a great example of, of humility. Paul's a great example of humility. And for our purposes, when, it think, when I... When I think about growing in humility, what I want to encourage you to think about is we go about doing that by remembering who God is and we remember who we are. God is the, the triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, creator, uncaused cause, eternal, Lord of the universe, Savior of the world, perfectly loving, who is for us and is happy to be with us. We are created in his image. We were designed to live with him, to reign with him, to rule over him, to rule, sorry, with him over this earth, like him and with him. And we strayed, and we wanted to try to do things our way. 
and that made us separated from God. But God in his love, his perfect love, his perfect holiness, his perfect justice, all those things come together in a plan of salvation where he takes it upon himself to bring us back into relationship, to make sure justice is served, and to restore us into relationship with him. We're sinners saved by grace, created in God's image to do his work. You know, one of the emails that I got um, was a bunch of great thoughts, but it referenced the passage in Ephesians that talks about how we are God's workmanship. And um, workmanship in that verse means poetry. You and I together as the church, we are this poem that God has written to do his work. It's this beautiful, beautiful thing that under his guidance and his direction comes into being. So to grow in our humility, we remember who God is and we remember who we are. Now, this um, can land in a couple of different ways. Uh, First, I want to encourage you that some of this is easy and it's easy because of who God is and what he does. This is Acts um, chapter 17, one of my favorite passages. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Listen, you ready? God has you, God has us, crossroads, when he wants us, where he wants us. It's no mistake the unique configuration that makes up crossroads, the people, our location, is God-ordained, and we're here for a reason. So that should be the easy part. We don't have to figure out if we're in the right place. He has us where he wants us. The other part, oops, of this that's easy, continuing on in the verse, God did this so that they would seek him. So this is Paul talking to um, Greeks in Athens. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. We, in him we live and move and have our being. You guys, he holds everything together in the palm of his hands. He's the one, and I think I use this, this phrase throughout Acts, he's the one who does the heavy lifting. We don't have to do the hard stuff. We have to find out where he's at work and join him in what he's doing. He does the hard part we follow. That's the easy part. So the hard part for us, Joe, could you move me to the next slide? There we go. Um, I think this is hard for a couple of reasons. One, right, you think back to um, Acts 1.8 that says, go into Judea, Samaria, and to the the ends of the earth. Um, I don't know. This is maybe a little, not maybe, a little confession. Over the last 12 months, um, watching everything, everything go on. There are times when I've looked at Gail and I'm like, baby, let's just go build a cabin in the woods, move up to the mountains, invite whoever wants to come and just go and just be. And as great as that sounds, that's not what we're called to do. That's not what the early church did. They went to the centers of life. They went to the centers of commerce, the centers of culture, religion, social life, and they lived with Jesus. And it was so different that people took notice and they wanted to figure out what was going on. So as tempting as it might be to to just pack up and head for the hills or head for the ocean, God 
has us where he wants us, as hard as it might feel, but he has us where he wants us. The other piece that makes this a little bit difficult is um, Book of Acts is 28 chapters long. I went through and I looked. There are four and a half chapters when the church wasn't being persecuted, really harshly persecuted. The remaining 24 chapters, the church, like people were trying to stamp out the movement of Jesus. They were trying to stamp out the way. And as we look around us and, and we listen to the news, and we re- it feels like persecution is ramping up. There are parts of the world where it's not safe, like physically not safe, to say the name of Jesus. And in this country, it's getting harder to speak his name. Those are the parts that are hard. But as we look through the book of Acts, man, every time, every time those guys, they got called before courts. Instead of trying to defend themselves, they just told people about Jesus. And Jesus did the heavy lifting, and he took care of it. So I had asked for... um, I had asked for your input for some emails, thoughts, questions, um, just different things that God might have been stirring up in you. And I got some great thoughts. Uh, people were really impressed and, and inspired by Peter and Paul. Their confidence was bolstered in the scripture as they saw how Old Testament and New Testament came together and how it all points, it all points to Jesus. Um, I want to read to you one, though, that I kind of feel like encapsulates some of, um, not some of, almost all of what we've talked about and, you know, what the other, what the other emails, notes, texts um, tried, to, tried to capture. And it's, it's a, a paragraph or two of what it, what it is to live, right? We're in this dot, 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 where... God is still writing the story of the church. And this is what it looked like for one individual. Um, and it's just so cool. And I'm so glad they took the time to, to share this with me and share it with all you guys. I had a wonderful encounter the other day on the way to work. I don't remember if we talked about Philip early on in Acts. Sorry, parenthetical note. And yes, we did, but it was last summer. So we'll forgive you. Um, I've made acquaintances and friend, acquaintance slash friends with a homeless guy named Fred who was faithfully outside of the Walmart. One day, a year or two ago, I stopped and I gave him some money and we talked for a minute before the light changed. So I've kept up, probably see him three or four times a month, depending on how often I stop at Walmart on my way into the office. And if it's going to be extra cold or if he needs some better shelter at one of the motels near there. I stopped by the other day and he was reading a book called The Resurrection of Jesus. He bought it for 15 bucks at the Barnes and Noble store there and said it had been helping him answer some questions. I gave him my usual contribution, and we talked for a minute or two. But as I left, I felt the Spirit telling me, go back, because he probably has lots of questions. So I was blessed to spend about 30 or 40 minutes with him, answering some questions and telling him that I didn't know the answers to some of those questions, and that there are some answers that we may not have until we get to heaven. I asked him if he thought he was in a place to acknowledge Jesus and Jesus' payment for his wrong things. And he said that, I'd say I did that the other night. Fred lives in a trailer somewhere in the woods, and he told me that he had cleared all the clothes and stuff off of his couch and asked Jesus to sit next to him while he read the book and help him understand it. And he told me how he wept when he realized the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. He also told me how when he bought the book and brought it back to his station, in quotes, 
that his hands became incredibly cold and he couldn't hold the book. And he prayed that God would deliver him and rebuked Satan, telling him that he didn't want him around anymore. Five minutes later, his hands were warm and he could hold the book and read some more of it again. All good stuff, all because of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys, I was just so encouraged by that, and I hope you are too. And I know that that's not the only story like that. I know you guys are out there living in this dot, 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 looking to see where God is at work and how you can join him in that work. And that's what we want to do. We want to make ourselves available to Jesus as he continues to write the story of his church. We don't want to just make ourselves available. We want to pursue every opportunity that God puts in front of us to be a part of his ongoing story. We want to be the kind of people, we want to be the place where hope and peace and love and joy are found in abundance. We want to be the kind of people and a place who support and encourage and challenge and correct one another and love one another deeply and sacrificially. We want to be the kind of place and the kind of people who go out of our way for those others would rather forget. And we invite them into the family of God as we continue to be used by God to write his story. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, that you have always been and you always will be. We thank you that you've had this plan from the beginning, that you had us in mind, that you had little crossroads in mind, that you had us as individuals in mind, and that you had a work for us to do. God, give us eyes to see that work. Give us courage to step into it. Boldness, God. Open our hearts, open our minds as you um, unfold the next steps for us over the coming weeks and months and years. Jesus, we love you. We are so excited just to be with you and to invite others into your story. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.